an epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only, Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Bring spring color inside this season with Bear Premium Plus paint, starting at just $28.98 a gallon at The Home Depot. Add a pop of blue to your kitchen with the bare exclusive color Arrowhead Lake or a splash of Amazon jungle to your living room. Bring a cool breeze to your bathroom with sea glass or accent your bedroom with sunrise-inspired colors like coral cloud and dark crimson. Let your creativity bloom this spring with bare premium plus paint starting at just $28.98 a gallon at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years. Have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Oh, there is nothing like a late October of the National Football League as you span the United States and even overseas. You get a little heat, you get a little fog, and guess what? You even get a little snow in some parts of the United States of America. Yes, it is that time of year, the midway point of the NFL season, entering week eight of the National Football League campaign. 13 games in all, one of them played on Thursday night, and the second of the 13 coming up at the bottom of the hour as the Cleveland Browns and Minnesota Vikings will be playing in London. We'll get you caught up to date on those happenings and everything else in the National Football League, as once again, it has been quite a week. And speaking of quite a week, the guy next to me has been having quite a week, week after week after week in the National Football League, giving you the information and the winners that you need, the guys that you need to play in your lineup for fantasy success. He's the one that will tell you to bench the dud and play the star, and he's the one to tell you you got to have enough guts to put it on the line if you want to be a fantasy football champion. Seven weeks of glory will soon be extended to eight. And the wait is finally over because he is here. He's the one, the only, 
Michael Harmon. And I'm very excited that in 28 minutes we will begin, hopefully, to wash that awful taste out of our mouths from Thursday Night Football. The Matt Moore experience was a dud. Okay, just pull out the old video and audio of Jimi Hendrix from 40 years ago, and we're in a much better place. The Dolphins, a no-show effort on Thursday night, and many fearing this morning as we head to England once again that we'll get the same from the Cleveland Browns. What I love is just three days ago, Mike Harmon, I would have said to you, I like the Dolphins plus three and a half. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, the, the logic I for me, maybe there was a chance. The, the logic for me, Dan, was for Matt Moore, a guy who's been the on the yo-yo kind of world in, in the NFL, was that it was a he would be a man without a conscience and just say, you know what, screw it. I'm auditioning for however many teams that'll need a backup next year. I'm just throwing, and he didn't. Yeah. And he didn't. He was hesitant, lackluster. Jay Ajayi getting called out by Adam Gase for directional running as opposed to going north-south. 21 yards on an early run, finished with 23 on 13. I'm well aware. Just a, a miserable. Oh, I know. Fantasy owners <laughs> everywhere. Go ahead. Curse wherever you are. Just make sure the kids aren't listening or you're not actually actively inside a service. This is what we found out, is that when Matt Moore can come in and sub against the New York Jets, that's one thing. But when you give Matt Moore less than a week to prepare, it can be total chaos. And that's what you have with the Miami Dolphins. From now on, don't tell him he's starting. Just tell, <laughs> say, hey, you know what? David fails. Again, one of the great we're, names in the NFL. We're going with fails. We're going with fails. And then you know what? Surprise! <laughs> Matt, Matt Moore, it's your turn. David fails just pulled up lame on the sidelines just ahead of kickoff. Look at him. And he's doing the whole Rodney Dangerfield from Caddyshack. Oh, it's broken. I, I will say that if you are looking at a hot play from Thursday night, Ravens defense and Alex Ooh. Collins probably paid off well for you. Everyone else, not so much. We are coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. Let's serve up those hot plays and cold sores for week eight in the National Football League. We're starting out right away, getting guys in your lineup. Oh, my goodness. That's right. It's our last weekend of Rocktober. It's our last weekend of Rocktober, Mike Carmen. Who are the hot plays, guys? You got to get in your lineup this week. Let's try to extend Rocktober. All right, let's get into the early game. Kyle Rudolph. There have been 51 receptions by opposing tight ends against the Cleveland Browns, although he's yet to top 50 yards in a game this season with only two touchdowns. You're looking at 16 catches over the past three weeks. Keenum a little bit banged up which means, well, go to the short route, which is interesting because you'll have Stephon Diggs in some capacity today. Difficult to get him into the lineup if you're in anything less than a three-wide receiver league. I think that's where you're starting to look at the cutoff line for him because you might see a bunch of decoy routes for him because the Vikings do have a week nine bye, just something to ponder going forward. Andy Dalton going up against Indianapolis since Bill Lazor took over multiple touchdowns, three of four games. Indianapolis, the six most fantasy points allowed per game to quarterbacks. Uh, Let's take Tyler Croft as well, get an extra tight end in while we're at it. 20 targets, 17 receptions the past four weeks. Josh McCown against the Atlanta Falcons. They're middle of the pack pass defense. McCown, three straight multi-touchdown games. Uh, One thing we do want to keep an eye on is weather. 
We're going to see rain in a number of spots. Mm -hmm. This is one of those games that could slow things down. Many people calling for the Jets in a devil-may-care attitude, see, like the like that as Halloween approaches, uh, that to pull an upset here, that Atlanta is reeling and maybe prime for another loss. How about Alshon Jeffrey against the 49ers? Again, a rain game. Terrible cornerback play, though, for the San Francisco 49ers. Two of the bottom ten by most rating services, including Pro Football Forkit, Fo- Forkus, uh, Focus. <laughs> Thinking about uh, grabbing something to eat. I don't know. <laughs> Nelson Aguilar, ride the hot hand. We get him in again. On the other side of that game, Carlos Hyde. Why? Because he's a pass catcher. The third most receptions allowed to opposing running backs have the Philadelphia Eagles. They've already got up 44 receptions. Carlos Hyde, 37 targets on the year. So that's where maybe he can make some hay in the short passing game. Uh, he's been shut out five of seven games. I know two, two touchdown efforts, but 15 or more touches. Uh, per game allows him to get back into our good graces. We got Thompson going up against Dallas. He's got nine receptions the past two weeks, double digit touches, three of the last four. He scored four of the six weeks this season. That's one that could open up a bit as we get things rolling. Christian McCaffrey, why they give up a lot of targets and receptions to running backs, and he's one of the leaders in the National Football League in terms of targets. I know that hasn't translated into big-time production, but this is the week. He and Cam Newton, yes, will even endorse Cam Newton. Top 10 quarterback play against the Buccaneers for the past five, and they have zero pass rush. Zero. So Cam's going to be able to dance and run at will. Finally, how about James White? Second among running backs and catches. Nine or more touches, six of seven games. And going up against those Chargers, you're going to do a lot in the short passing game trying to slow down the fierce pass rush. So I think he is a nice, solid play. And in PPR leagues, he's absolute gold. You're going to have 40-degree temps in multiple games across the NFL schedule, which allows us to transition to our cold sores for Week 8. These are the guys that you don't want to play, you don't want to see, you don't want to touch, you don't want want anything to do with whatsoever – Cold source for week eight, my Carmen. How about when I start with you have your hands over your face and you're like peeking through with one eye because you're still hoping and wishing and hoping, and that's Drew Brees of your New Orleans Saints as they host the Chicago Bears. Look, four multi-touchdown games on the year, and the Saints' defense starting to rise. So perhaps they're able to torment Mitchell Trubisky, win field position, and it won't matter because Brees will have the ball in quality uh, field possession. Uh, field position and and own the possession battle. But the Bears, just two quarterbacks better than 16th hmm. this year, including that debacle from Cam Newton uh, that we saw most recently. Matthew Stafford against the Steelers. Pittsburgh tied for second in sacks with 24. Third best against quarterbacks, giving up just 10 fantasy points per game. Golden Tate, according to the last report, should be available. That may help. A little bit, but we're talking about possible trade of Eric Ebron. We've got Marvin Jones, who will probably begin his no-show slide that we see each year right about this time of year. He goes away oh, yeah. from us. Uh, Stafford, four multi-touchdown games in his six this year, but this is a tough spot. C.J. Anderson going up against Kansas City Monday night. Three-way split of touches. Three games with eighty, at least 80 rushing yards. Three with fewer than 50. Pick your poison. I want no part of it. Tyreek Hill going up against Denver. Still will be a back-end, number two, high-end, number three. But you're looking at three really good games, four duds, four more passes caught in every game. So PPR purposes, that's all fine and good, and you're hoping for the big play. Here's the problem. No 
receiver has gone over 65 yards against the Denver Broncos. How about Deshaun Watson going up against your Seattle Seahawks? We have all of the off-field questions about protests and what's going to be done and what's that doing in the locker room. Not to mention that the Seahawks have only allowed two quarterbacks to finish inside the top 20 for fantasy purposes this year. And then the obligatory mention of T.Y. Hilton uh, doesn't come anywhere near my lineup until Andrew Luck or some suitable substitute comes creeping in. Because well, you're looking at two big games, and otherwise he's he's a, non, a non-factor. They do have to block better. That, that, can he, can that, he play offensive the, line? The offensive line's got to do their job, remember? Can he, can he, can offens- he play O-lines? <laughs> right. oh, Stand him goodness. in for a couple of reps. That was that was one of my favorite points of the week, which was how ridiculous. You, you get blown out at home like the Colts did against Jacksonville. And it's, hey, receivers ran their routes. You know, they were open. They likely weren't against the Jacksonville secondary. But, yeah, let's put it all in the offensive makes, makes line. It feel, and in fairness, T.Y. Hilton did apologize. And if you are if you don't understand what I'm talking about, after Sunday's loss last week to Jacksonville, T.Y. Hilton immediately threw his team under the bus, specifically the offensive line, saying that they've got to block better. And then he came back and apologized the next day, saying that uh, – he was wrong, and he shouldn't have done that. Yeah, and I said, hold on, cul-de-sac. you got to be smart enough to know that in the moment. <laughs> you can't go spinning around and come back out the other side. You did a irreparable harm to your relationship with the players on your offensive unit in that moment. How much do you think the Bob McNair controversy is going to affect the Texans today against the Seattle Seahawks? Because I think that it is a much bigger deal than people think in translating to what they do on the field. I don't think that this gives an inspired effort no. where they would rally around. This, to me, is a huge, huge distraction for the Texans going into Seattle. Well, you have a number of players either sit out practice or walk away, most notably DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, you're just now getting Dwayne Brown back. He, very critical. Just signed mm-hmm. his contract. Talked about his misgivings and, and issues with ownership in the context of, all right, now he's going to be active for this game. You, you have no idea how to get the the temperature of what the locker room is feeling overall and whether you've got sides drawn. Because, right, Ben Roethlisberger, go back to the Steelers in it, as we talk about protests and just locker rooms trying to come to, to grips and have conversations about big issues. Ben Roethlisberger, after – the Steelers didn't come out for the anthem a few weeks ago. It's like, yeah, we probably should have, shouldn't have done that. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, you think that played a hundred percent in the locker room? No, there were obviously divisions and discussions still going on. That's going to be happening here with the Texans as well, and it'll be interesting to see against a quality opponent how it plays. Tough enough to go to Seattle to play against them now to have this to deal with, and there was there were reports yesterday that Bob McNair did speak with the team finally in a meeting that. Wasn't all good by any means from what we have heard right. between or from reports about what coincided between the players and Bob McNair. Texans taking on the Seahawks today in one of just two late games. The other, the Cowboys and Redskins playing on Fox at a 425 Eastern time kick. We are coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. He's Mike Harmon. I'm Dan Byer. Mike, they can get you on Twitter at? Find me over at Swollen Dome. Find the updated rankings over at SwollenDome.com. I am at Dan Byer on Fox, and one NFL player is clearly not a fan of Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers. And heck, the Packers are on bye this week. to tell you who that is and what he said coming up next year on Fox Football Fantasy.
Fox Football Fantasy getting us set for Week 8 here on Fox Sports Radio. He's Mike Harmon. I'm Dan Beyer coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. And at the bottom of the hour, we will have kickoff from London as the Browns take on the Minnesota Vikings. And one of the most interesting things of this past week has nothing to do with the Vikings-Browns. We're still looking back to Vikings-Packers from a couple of weeks ago when Aaron Rodgers went down with this broken collarbone because now Anthony Barr has responded to the clip on Conan that Aaron Rodgers explained that Anthony Barr gave him a couple of gestures that weren't too kind. And Anthony Barr coming out saying in in a social media post, this guy's got y'all fooled. And then explained how Aaron Rodgers was the one to start cussing at him and swearing at him. And Barr responded that way. Barr also took offense to Aaron Rodgers bringing this up in public on a talk show, saying if he had the opportunity to talk about exchanges that players had, um, there could be, you know, so many times where Anthony Barr would say this happened on a field or that happened on a field that Aaron Rodgers took this opportunity to go public with it. But Anthony Barr then hashtagged it 13 days later that we're still talking about this sack of Aaron Rodgers. So Anthony Barr and I don't want to say the entire Minnesota Vikings, but I would think that some Vikings probably agree with him. Packers Vikings has uh, now become a little bit more interesting as well. But Anthony Barr speaking up against one of the biggest faces of the National Football League. Good for him. Good for his own uh, personal brand, Anthony Barr Limited, uh, as you go. Hashtag 13 days later. <laughs> so the fact that it, it remains a big issue, obviously Green Bay offensively taking a huge step backward with the loss of Rodgers and Minnesota now in a, potentially in the mm-hmm. driver's seat, right? You look at the they'll get a win today in theory, right? We're coming up in just a couple of minutes here uh, against the hapless Cleveland Browns. So, Big favorites, presumptive W. Detroit, tough battle today against the Steelers on tap. We're curious to see which Steelers team shows up. For that matter, which Lions team shows up. But for Anthony Barr, I, I think it's it's about time. Like whenever Richard Sherman or any other defender steps up mm-hmm. and has something to say, I'm like, good. And I was like, it's not heroes and villains. It's not the you know, guys wearing the, the white hats against the guys wearing the black hats, you know, and, and it's all it's all that. Quarterbacks talk a lot of smack, and every once in a while the, it get blows over. I mean, in this case, you, you've got Rodgers, who I'm sure had plenty of things to say and then goes on a comedy show during his rehab to tell you how many screws he mm-hmm. has in him and everything else. For Anthony Bard, he's been made to be the bad guys, the, oh, look at me, the poor quarterback. He got hit, okay? There's about – Point zero zero one percent of the population that thinks it was a late hit. They all reside in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Okay, other than that, some in Langlade County, just to be honest. Okay, okay, the the adjoining <laughs> county may or may not have the the yes. similar, but on the whole, it was you got hurt. Quarterbacks get hit. Quarterbacks get hurt. Anthony Barr does not become a villain because he hurt Aaron Rodgers and because he flipped him off. That's. I'd love a TV well, show. You know what? I'd love NFL Network. Hell, let's get Fox Sports One. Let you and I can produce this thing. Tales from inside that, the huddle. Oh, this, I, I think this is great for the National Football League. I think this is great for the Packers Vikings rivalry that you now have got these. And Aaron Rodgers is one of the biggest faces in the National Football League. Right. Anthony Barr, a, a great defender for the Minnesota Vikings, that has a team full of great defenders. And Minnesota is known for their defense. To have this now in the division. 
because it's not going to go away just after a couple of weeks. They're going to play next season against each other twice, and that'll be a storyline, and that'll be something to bring up. That's what you need. It's like when the NFL allows you to bring back celebrations and you see the Pittsburgh Steelers playing, you know, hide-and-seek hide seek, yeah. or the, the Vikings playing duck-duck-goose or duck-duck-gray-duck, <laughs> whatever they play in, in the <laughs> state of Minnesota. The fact is, is it re- makes me think back to the 80s and 90s and to think back really with the 80s with celebrations. But this as well, Packers-Bears rivalry. Right. You know, Jim McMahon, Charles Martin, those guys going back and forth. That's the great stuff. And I actually think that this just kind of adds to what the NFL has. It's good uh, Vegas misdirection in terms of, you know, looking, you know, three-card Monty kind of thing from oh. all the other serious issues going on in the NFL. Hey, look, we're having fun, and guys are actually trash-talking. Sure. Again. Watch this over here. You think Aaron Rodgers is going to want to stick it to Anthony Barr and the Vikings now the next time they play? That's my CTV. I want to see if the day before he hashtags how many days later uh, that it is <laughs> since their last Relax. meeting. Uh, Fox Football Fantasy brought to you by Geico. What's it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. Let's quickly go to this game, this Vikings-Browns game, because yeah. it is about to kick off in London, and there are a few minutes if you got to get guys in your lineup that uh, you're going to need to do so very quickly. Latavius Murray just a week ago really kind of had his breakout game as a member of the Vikings, 113 yards in that victory, added that touchdown on the ground. There are some conversation that we had last week of how much Jarek McKinnon would be able to handle the workload. How do you see this Vikings backfield playing not only in a couple of minutes, but then throughout the rest of the season? Well, what's interesting, at least for this week, Cleveland only given up about 2.95 yards per carry to opposing runners this year. So when you look at the split, it would favor McKinnon as the better receiver of the, the pair that I think you're going to see any of the bigger gains made in the passing game. That doesn't mean that Murray might not be able to come in and vulture a goal line or a short yardage kind of situation. But when we start looking at rankings, McKinnon's a high-end number two, and you're looking at uh, Murray coming in as a flex or late number two at best. In theory, they're running downhill, so you'll you'll get some volume and perhaps you'll you'll get over the top based on that. But on the surface, where you're going to beat Cleveland is through the air. The Cleveland Browns still looking for their first victory of the National Football League season. As we are entering week eight, Mike Harmon, there is there are teams that are starting to become, in my mind, pretty clear of where they are. The team that I actually, a couple of teams that I actually believe the most in right now that aren't jokes that they, they are the real deal are the Rams. I, I, I think that the Rams are in the playoffs no matter what. I do not see this team... I don't think this is any aberration. I think this team is solid. I think Pittsburgh is now a different team with that defense. You bring up their game against the Lions that they have got tonight. And I really think that this Minnesota Vikings team, when you talk about setting up that division and the questions that are there and how wide open it is, I'm not sure it really is as wide open as we would like to think it is. I know Detroit went on the road and beat Minnesota earlier this year. There are Vikings fans who think that that should have been a game that that they could have won, but Minnesota is sitting there at 5-2 and two with a great offense. They haven't seemed to miss Sam Bradford as much, and if he doesn't come back, they seem to be at least in all right hands with Case Keenum. 
Minnesota is one of those teams that I believe in that I think you are you are definitely going to see in the po- in the postseason just because of what they do defensively and now with this ground game and it should go to any NFL team that is looking to put together an offensive line the next season after a, or after a bad year. Look what the Minnesota Vikings have done with with the injuries that they had last year. You put in a lot of new faces. There are veterans that are gone from that line. The Minnesota Vikings are at least getting it done, and I believe in the Vikings. Well, I, I love the the way they've built. It's look, you'll get some play out of the quarterback position. Case Keenum has weapons. I mean, you've got three quality yeah. players, especially with Diggs back in the mix. Even if he's just a decoy today, the fact that you have to give a little bit of safety help, then you have to uh, apply pressure there, which opens things up for Rudolph or certainly feeling in the slot. Yeah. So you've got. That formula, we've watched it start to work in Jacksonville with their sack-happy defensive front, but also running the football effectively with Fournette. Blake Bortles picks his spot. Doesn't have to be all-world throwing the ball 40 times. And I think for Minnesota, they've found the right formula. It's going to be interesting to see how they approach today, again, given the strength of Cleveland as a run defense. I know it sounds strange to say strength of Cleveland uh, with anything having to do uh, other than Joe Thomas, I guess, of late, who unfortunately, as they keep doing all the missing a legend, that's what they're tagging it now. Um, I like legend status being bestowed <laughs> upon Joe Thomas. He was a legend when he went fishing during the draft. <laughs> Everything else has been just a continuation it's thereof. Been, it's been gravy, <laughs> that's for sure. He's my Carmen. I'm Dan Beyer. You can hit us up on Twitter, just like Julian Guidry did. Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson in a game where the two quarterbacks face off today in that fantasy dilemma. It's interesting because you look at this Texans that we mentioned, how is this team going to be focused coming into this game? It's not only that, it's going up against the Seahawks defense in an atmosphere that is going to be rowdy. And this is one of those points where as great as Deshaun Watson has been over the, the last few weeks where you remember he is a rookie in the National Football League. Yeah, we're going to take Russell Wilson all day long, getting things rolling. Uh, with Baldwin, a little more of Jimmy Graham. Interesting report that we'll have to keep an eye on. Some some rumors, uh, Ian Rappaport earlier this morning saying Jimmy Graham may be one of those guys on the move before tra- Tuesday's trade deadline. So we'll keep an eye on that, that they may go and find some more offensive line help is, is seemingly what that uh, rumor concerns. But you, you look at what the defense, in theory, is able to do to the Houston offense, slow things down with Deshaun Watson, and the division, or at least distraction, of the last 48 hours, missed practice times. You know, it's the way they do practices anymore. It's not that Friday is the quick walkthrough mm-hmm. any longer like it used to be. It actually has more meaning because you don't get the hours the rest of the week. So uh, for the, the Texans, I'm not 100% sure what kind of effort I get. I know what Seattle has going right now, and Russell Wilson getting back to the top of his game. He's Mike Carbon. I'm Dan Beyer. It is Fox Football Fantasy. How quickly the mighty have fallen. What once promising playoff team that has now fallen on hard times may fall completely flat in week eight. One team has got to be on the lookout. We'll tell you who that is. But first, Isaac Bonecron's going to get us caught up on the latest of what's happening in London and what happened last night in Houston in that dandy of a fall classic. Morning, Isaac. Good morning, Dan and Michael. Indeed, they are underway over there in London, the Minnesota Vikings and the Cleveland Browns. The Vikings received the opening kickoff, and they're on their first series of the game, and they have a third down and one coming up 
at the Minnesota 34-yard line. A real challenge today. We're going to have to convert all the uh, distances from meters into <laughs> yards, which is a big challenge for those London games. Uh, among those in the house at Twickenham Stadium in southwest London, NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell. But back home, his seat is getting warmer. Chris Mortensen and Adam Schefter reporting earlier this morning. The Cowboys owner Jerry Jones is among a group of 17 NFL owners who are trying to delay Goodell's pending contract extension. It would take 24 votes by owners to oust Goodell from office. Schefter additionally reporting that Houston Texans players are planning a group protest of owner Bob McNair's inmates running the prison comment prior to today's game in Seattle with one possibility being to remove the Texans' decal off of their helmets. Last night in Game 4 of the World Series, the ninth time was the charm for the Dodgers. There goes the runner and a fly ball to right. Reddick going back. It's a three-run home run for Jock Peterson. The Dodgers explode in the ninth. They score five. Charlie started the call at AM570 LA Sports as the Dodgers' five-run ninth inning gave them a 6-2 victory at Houston to tie the series at two, and they've got Clayton Kershaw going tonight in Game 5. And finally, fellas, in the NBA on Saturday night, Russell Westbrook had the 82nd triple-double of his career. That is a full season's worth of triple-doubles in the Thunder's victory at Chicago. Quite a 24 hours for the Thunder, by the way. A victory at Chicago prior to that scary incident where the nose of their team plane got yeah. caved in in midair by an apparent bird strike. Must have been a pretty big bird uh, headed to Chicago overnight. The amazing thing with the Thunder is that Carmelo Anthony is averaging even less assists than he has in any other NBA season. I didn't think that was mathematically yeah, possible. Yeah, I know. With, with the weapons around him, actually averaging. I looked this up. This was prior to last night's game. So if he had more than two assists, I think he's raised his average. But it was one and a half assists per game so far. What's wrong with that? <laughs> Nothing. If they're I'm winning, just, they're winning. I'm just bringing it up. I just thought that there could be an opportunity where maybe there would be other guys that you could get the ball to. But we'll see. Speaking of uh, giving the ball to others, that's what the Minnesota Vikings have just done. An interception on a deflection. Case Keenum picked off as the Browns will have the ball near midfield. Well, that was a groan from Isaac. No, he, he must be on the uh, the Vikings. It, it wasn't a groan. It was a grunt of admiration because I'd always been just amazed by Dan Byers' segue ability, and he just pulled off another one right there. <laughs> Speaking of giving the ball to others, is is we we, we got to have a, like a contest or a challenge where we come up with random things and see if you can segue. And I think you will be up to the challenge. Dan Byer can segue literally using anything. Oh, He'll take the physical. Yeah, yeah, yes. I can't wait to go down the Sunday slide. He is my yeah, and I'm Dan Byer. Thanks to Isaac Lowenkron. We are coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to Geico.com or call 800 947 Auto. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. So the Browns are starting to drive. We will let you know on the latest of what is happening in London. But on Monday night, Mike Carmen. The Kansas City Chiefs take on the Denver Broncos. And in a Week 8 matchup, I know you had some guys from the Kansas City Chiefs that were cold sores, but this is a matchup as well as, oh, I think we've got a, we've got a score from London, Isaiah Crowell. How about that? A touchdown scoring, the first rushing touchdown for Crowell this season, so the Browns are on the board. I'm not sure we're going to see tons of points in Kansas City on Monday night. But this is the Denver Broncos team, Mike Carmen, that 
we thought, wow, this defense is really living up to the billing. They got a win on opening night against the, the Chargers. They came back. They beat Dallas in week two. And now you're saying, okay, this is the same old Broncos. And now you're coming off of a week where you were blanked by the Los Angeles Chargers in L.A. And that after you gave the New York Giants your first win. There are legitimate concerns about what the Denver Broncos are right now. And now you've got a big divisional game on the road for Monday night. And as you look at Denver as a whole, you just have a lot of questions. There's questions about the quarterbacking situation, the running back situation with the the three-headed monster that maybe not even be a monster in a good way. It's in a bad way as we we approach Halloween. The fact is, Denver's got big issues going into that showdown with Kansas City. A lot of questions about Trevor Simeon, his ability to get the ball downfield. You're not having any of those explosive plays, those 25-plus. They just don't exist. The offensive line, putrid. We've had Mark Schlereth on the show. He's been on the the network. He does a morning show there in Denver and watches them uh, astutely and and gave his analysis that they need five new guys. They they don't Mm -hmm. have an offensive line that's going to be worthy to to put up against what that defense can do. And and when you're on the field as much as the defense has been for the Broncos, eventually you're going to have a breakdown. You're going to start seeing chunk yardage and problems against them. The running game, if you got three guys, you don't have one. C.J. Anderson coming off the in- injury, it was assumed he would be able to get back and have that number one mantle again. Hasn't happened. And now they're mixing and matching and trying to do whatever they can. Sanders is hurt. Yes. So Benny Fowler becomes one of those, for fantasy purposes, a sleeper ninja-type play against an eroding Kansas City secondary since Eric Berry went out. But for a team that started out so well, the Broncos are in a free fall right as the Chargers start to make a little bit of a move in the division and everything's up in the air. People calling for quarterback change. I don't think that would do the trick. In any, in any way, shape, or form, all of it is a different guy yeah. behind another bad offensive line. The Denver offense without Emmanuel Sanders is a is is a completely different animal, and that's what going into Monday night is. You just don't know if you put Marcus Peters on Demarius Thomas, can any of the other guys around him make Kansas City sweat? And we we've seen what a Raiders team can do when you have Michael Crabtree sure. and Amari Cooper and other weapons to scare you. It's a different animal when maybe you've only got Demarius Thomas. And no offense to Benny Fowler or Virgil Green or any of the other pass catchers that you're going to have for uh, the, Virgil Bron- Green. the Broncos. The fact is, is they don't put the the threat that an Emmanuel Sanders would have. Well, and as much as I love Trevor Simeon, given his Northwestern roots and some of the big moments he's had, it, it's a far cry from what Derek Carr brings to the, to the table as he gets under center. So, uh, big test. Still calling for Denver somehow, some way, to at least uh, keep it within seven and a half, Dan. <laughs> Division game, you'd think maybe on a Monday night they can pull out. Chiefs would have a little extra time because they played the Thursday the week before. Again, Browns are up on the Vikings. Extra point, no good. So it's 6 nothing Cleveland as the Vikings will now take the field for their second possession. He's Mike Harmon. I'm Dan Beyer. It is Fox Football Fantasy. Again, tweet us your fantasy questions if you've got them going into week eight. We'll answer them if you follow us where you can follow Mike at. At Swollen Dome. I am at Dan Beyer on Fox. And, of course, the phone number is 877-99 on Fox. That's 877-996-6369. One of the NFL's hottest teams could be in for a rude awakening today. We reveal who that is coming up next here on Fox Football Fantasy. 
Fox Football Fantasy here on Fox Sports Radio. We're going to be playing the Mystery Man game coming up in about 13 minutes or so. He is Mike Carmen. I'm Dan Beyer, and it's great to have you with us as the Minnesota Vikings punted the ball away to the Cleveland Browns, but then we had a muffed punt recovered by Minnesota, so the Vikings will have the ball in Cleveland territory. We'll get you caught up to date of what's happening in that game as the Browns and Vikings are playing in London. Six teams on bye this week, Rams, Packers, Jaguars, Titans, Cardinals, and Giants all not playing. So you've got a 13-game schedule, likely a lot of holes in your lineup. Mike Carmen's going to give you the answers of who you need to fill into those spots. i got to say, though, Dan, if you're ever going to put six teams together for a bye week, this isn't a bad six. You're not missing a lot of guys. No. Right? I mean, you're missing Fournette. You're missing the Jacksonville defense. You're probably still playing Todd Gurley would be Jones, yeah. Gurley and and maybe maybe Goff in a deeper league. Giants are not missing anybody at this point. I Evan have, Ingram. <laughs> I have Evan Ingram's my only buy this yeah. week. Yeah. Arizona. Oh, and man. Greg Zerline. I'll take that back. There you go. That's, Legatron for yes. everybody. These New Orleans Saints are the second hottest team in the National Football League. If you want to go by winning streaks, they've won their last four. And today, welcome the Chicago Bears to Bears. Town. And this is a Bears team. Bears. If you want to say fantasy wise, you're you're basically playing two guys and maybe their defense. Correct. That's Jordan it. Howard, Tariq Cohen, Cohen but maybe maybe right. You've got a game against the Saints today, where the Saints are about a nine point favorite, give or take a little, depending on on where you're looking in Las Vegas. But this is a this is a matchup that you're wondering: Is this the time we're finally going to get to see Mitchell Trubisky throw the ball? Because we haven't seen it. As much, heck, seven passes in their right. win that they had against the the uh, the Panthers last week. You had the limited amount against the the Baltimore Ravens. Of course, we saw his debut against Minnesota, but this could be an opportunity where if the Saints do jump out, you're going to see Mitchell Trubisky throw the ball. Are we ever going to get to that point in this game? I think we do early. I, th- I think the, they'll try to take a couple of shots downfield, whether it's with Tanner Gentry. You saw him working with Trubisky pregame, and then they took a. Sh- couple shots downfield. Uh, Zach Miller right now the leading target uh, for Trubisky since he took over 13. Uh, that number not terribly high. And we'll always remember that bullet 20-yard touchdown pass. It was never tipped, Dan. It was a straight <laughs> shot, perfectly thrown ball, perfect read uh, all the way, at least in my mind's eye. Uh, so when we, when we look at it here with Trubisky, the – the fact that you will have to try to keep pace because they're not going to shut Breeze down altogether. Mm-hmm. Right? You got too much in the running game between Ingram and Kamara that you're going to have that balance that the the Bears will have to contend to contend with and start throwing the ball downfield. The question is, who's the guy? Right, Dontrell Inman comes over. Is he a difference maker? Is he anything more than 15 snaps or 15 no. routes today? No. Could he hit on a big one? Sure, but we're not banking on it. So for Trubisky, it's been a lot of the two-step to Howard, 25-plus touches pretty much every week for the last month. And then you look at Cohen, but unfortunately, as soon as he comes into the game, it's like, oh, he's going to do either do one of these end-around, you know, get-to-the-edge kind of rushes, or it's going to be a quick dump-off. You're starting to read the playbook just by the personnel, kind of like when Gillisley comes in for the Patriots. Like, all right, we know exactly what's coming. Let's go. Well, Last week he has the seventy yard catch yeah. that that he has, and that's seventy percent of the yards Mitchell Trubisky threw for last week. 
25 percent of the completions. So you're Let's making the if you played Tariq Cohen, he made the most of his opportunities for sure. On the flip side, it's amazing to look at the Saints, Mike Carmen, and you mentioned Kamara and Mark Ingram. You are likely to play two Saints running backs more than you would two Saints pass catchers. Yeah. Michael Thomas, obviously the number one target for the Saints, but Willie Sneed was suspended early on, then dinged up. He was able to get through practice fully. Ted Ginn, not necessarily a a quality play week in and week out, even though he's had some action. Brandon Coleman is an interesting guy because he is on the field a lot, playing about 70% of the snaps for the Saints, but this was a team that you were accustomed to play maybe two or three pass catchers in the old Saints offense, and that is no longer the case. Well, that's it. The shift to including more of the running game and, and a little bit more balance uh, as you go. Kamara still catching the ball out of the backfield, but Ingram has been a beast the last couple of weeks, and that's allowed the defense to stay off the field. And go figure, the old tried-and-true formula of the National Football League works. Keep a defense rested. They can actually make a play for you every now and again. The Saints hadn't been able to do that for the last couple of years. But for a guy like Coleman, he comes the touchdown dependent. Yeah, big guy. Yeah. You know, looking at red zone targets and in a bye week with a lot of injuries that perhaps you're looking for pay dirt. Maybe you face the, the Ravens defense and you need to play catch up. Niners-Eagles today in Philadelphia. I mentioned that the Bears were about a nine-point underdog going to New Orleans. The Niners, almost a two-touchdown underdog taking on the Eagles today. And this is a Niners team that really was in pretty much every game they played since week one and then what they did last week against the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys are a difficult matchup if you can't stop the run because they're just going to run all over you, and that's what Ezekiel Elliott did. The Eagles tried to put together a running game, and you've got a little bit of something with LeGarrette Blunt here and there and Wendell Smallwood getting action. I just don't think that the Niners are a 14-point dog. I, I, It's a really big number, and I and I like Philadelphia, and Philadelphia is one of those teams that I believe in, but I think there's got to be some val- fantasy value with San Francisco today against Philadelphia. Talk a little bit about the dump-off passes and the activity of Carlos Hyde in the passing game, so we're looking for value there. Pierre Garçon working down the seams. Look, he's not going to have one of those 150-yard mm-hmm. two-touchdown performances, but he gets enough targets on a week-in, week-out basis that we at least have him as a back-end number two with some upside. Marquise Goodwin has been cleared to play. One of the things we'll be watching for this one is the weather. Uh, rain expected, so perhaps you get to the mutters and, and you can slow it down a little bit. I know I've seen a lot of uh, this is the popular upset pick for popular people in terms of San Francisco winning the game outright. Won't go that far because no. they're not going to be able to shut down Wentz and Ertz. Uh, Wentz I have as my number one quarterback for the week. Whatever mm-hmm. whatever the outcome of the game is, I think he puts up monster numbers. Elshon Jeffrey with a good opportunity. San Francisco has no cornerbacks is really what it comes down to. you got a couple of hurt guys and a couple of lower lower rungs. So Leonard Fournette, Leonard, Leonard Fournette. Now, now I'm, I'm taking uh, people I'm out of, out of uh, bye weeks and inserting them. LeGarrette Blunt should be able to make hay here in, in between the tackles and Smallwood sneaky sleeper flex play. Zach Ertz making the most of his uh, catches last week as well. A couple of touchdowns for Philadelphia, who you know I'm a big Zach Ertz That's fan. That's your guy. You it got is, a tattoo. It is Fox Football Fantasy. He's Mike Harmon, and I'm Dan Byer. Did the Vikings let you score? We'll tell you next year on Fox Football Fantasy. Flex, flyers, handcuffs, bust, 
Sounds like one heck of a Halloween party, right? There we go. All right. That Halloween. was well done. That's what I saw walking down the street as I came in for Disco Fantasy with Jonas. We raised our giant coffee mugs and said, all right, all right, all right. A lot of great costumes that we see on social media with the Halloween parties this weekend and a lot of other ones that just think. That's just put, let's be honest. Uh, right now, what stinks, uh, maybe the Vikings offense, a turnover early. They were able to get a turnover on a muff punt by the Cleveland Browns, but only able to cash in for three. The Browns lead the Vikings, as you heard Isaac say, 6-3 to three is the near the end of the first quarter. Isaiah Crowell is first touchdown of the year, and there are a lot of Isaiah Crowell owners that are saying, finally, as he broke through with that first score on the ground. One carry, 26 yards, and a score. Doesn't uh, have to do anything else. You're good. 8.6 or eight point six points. There you go. It, that's it. You're already creeping towards. Is this going to be like the Amari Cooper game where he, he does enough to where he crushes anything he's done? <laughs> I the thought entire... you could see the Amari Cooper game coming, though, because we have talked so much, and, and we aren't the only ones, and we're not inventing anything new here, but how many times – would we talk about Michael Crabtree being the guy in Oakland that you really have to worry about? Right. And that he was Derek Carr's really go-to receiver. So now you got a Thursday night game, a short week, you're at home, a division rival coming in that has been susceptible to giving up plays in the secondary. They have a lockdown corner in Marcus Peters, so there's going to be opportunities on the other side. And I will say that when you saw when the game came down to the end, they went to Michael Crabtree in the clutch, but it seemed like a huge breakout game for Amari Cooper. I'm not sure if that's going to happen again today against the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, I sent him a, a big thing of stick'em, so I'm glad he got it because he finally held on to the ball because that was the other thing for Amari Cooper. He had a lot of opportunities, and the question became with the number of drops that he had and as talented as he is, at what point did Derek Carr just say, I can't, I can't go here? You know, in certain situations that he would continue to go to Crabtree or to go down the route tree to Roberts or whomever else was out there, but rewarded him with a monster performance. When you talk about the Buffalo Bills, you've got a, a team that's perhaps a little softer in the secondary than some of the numbers may indicate, and certainly the last couple of weeks, uh, given up a, a little more, seven yards per attempt, Five touchdowns to opposing passers at this point, so certainly not a, a dominant uh, opportunity here for, for Derek Carr uh, and his offense. But when we look at this game, it, you look at the over-under, that total that's been put out, it's in the mid-40s, so expecting a little bit of offense. Tyrod Taylor, an advantageous uh, opportunity for him. LaShawn McCoy and Deontay Thompson, a guy who is cut by the Bears, who have no wide receivers to show you where he was at in terms of his special team play. Bill signed him off the street, four catches over 100 <laughs> yards last week, and now a good opportunity as a number 3 wide receiver here with a week to work with Taylor against a bad Oakland secondary. This is what I see. You see LaShawn McCoy coming in and finally getting into the end zone, a couple of scores last week. He's got just one 100-yard game on the season, and you get a win over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The same exact team comes into your building, except they're from the AFC. When you look at the Raiders and the the run, no yeah. Marshawn Lynch today, but you've got weapons on the outside. They should be able to do something in the air, but you find an, a defense that you're going up against that you're pretty susceptible. Maybe a defense that has one really standout player, Gerald 
McCoy for the Buccaneers, different positions, Khalil Mack for the Raiders. The fact is, I find a lot of similarities between the Buccaneers and the Raiders, and so when I look at the Bills today, I like their chances considering we saw them put up 30 points last week and getting a, a fortunate win against the Buccaneers. Charles Clay still out for the Buffalo Bills, so you'll see more of the backup tight ends, uh, perhaps with, with some functionality for your fantasy purposes uh, as you roll forward. Nick O'Leary uh, as a 15th, 16th, kind of mid-second tight end. Uh, on the other side, Jared Cook, an opportunity for him. Again, Buffalo pretty aggressive, which means some openings perhaps over the middle for Cook along the way. He's Mike Carmen. I'm Dan Bayer. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. You can tweet us. Mike, they can get you at. Find me over at Swollen Dome. You can find me at Dan Bayer on Fox. And if you follow us, we'll answer your question. Forever odd tweets in. Alex Smith or Deshaun Watson? This is, again, a Deshaun Watson question with the rookie going on the road against the Seahawks and the distractions that have occurred because of the Bob McNair controversy. I'm going to give Watson a slight edge, making play or two with his legs uh, and under duress uh, getting out of the pocket. Uh, I look at Alex Smith against Denver. On paper, it just screams, stay away from it. You know, it's a Monday night game, so... The nation will be watching and, and certainly the added attention, but waiting on those big plays. I see a lot of, in the mm-hmm. same vein of what we saw against the Steelers when we're back to Alex Smith of 200 yards, one and one, as opposed to the glory stat lines that we'd seen earlier this season. And perhaps the fact that the defense has been more susceptible to the big plays and has been giving up more chunk yardage, that'll open things up and perhaps thrust Smith into a little bit better situation, but I'm expecting Denver to rally around their defense this time out, play with a little more pride than we've seen in prior weeks. Let's get to the hot plays and cold sores for weeks, week eight in the National Football League, almost at week seven. That would have been my bad. That's we all right. Also, I could get all the answers right then. Dude. We also will reveal, well, we'll give the first clue to our mystery man of week eight, a mystery man, a guy you got to get in your lineup that I know everybody's excited for, including our cast, technical producer Sam Kinsley, who yawned when I just said the mystery man is coming up. Hey, it's all right. We'll get you through. Maybe it's the Browns Vikings that are putting everybody to sleep. Six to three is the near the end of the first quarter. Let's get to the hot plays of week eight, Mike. See, Carmen. I thought that brand new Dodger hat right off the rack was too <laughs> tight for him. Anyway, Andy Donald against the Indianapolis Colts since Blazer took over. Multiple touchdowns, three of four games. Colts have given up the six most fantasy points per game to quarterbacks. Tyler Croft also were ta- looking for tight end gold along the way. 20 targets, 17 receptions the past four weeks. Looking at Josh McCown. Obviously, we're also checking the rain and the forecast, but going up against Atlanta, middle of the pack defense. McCown, three straight multi-touchdown games. Knows exactly who he is. He's going to turn the ball over. He's going to have the memory of a cornerback, and he's going to come back, and he's going to do it again. Anderson, Curse, Austin Safarian Jenkins, and maybe a little Matt Forte. Maybe mixing it up Mm. a little bit against Atlanta. Forte into the flex-worthy opportunity here. Alshon Jeffrey against San Francisco in the rain. Bad cornerbacks, hurt cornerbacks. Opportunity for Carson Wentz to use him as more than a decoy this week. And, of course, we still get Nelson Aguilar in. We're riding the hot hand. Zach Ertz, I don't even have to dignify it by telling you to start him. 
Because he's a you, man among boys. He's the top tight end in fantasy right now. He is the guy that I would want on my team if I had a draft. Even ahead of Gronk because of injuries. And you're building that tattoo on your right calf. Instead of the <laughs> other things people are getting at the pumping patches, he's got a Zach Ertz that he's working on. Carlos Hyde against Philly as well. Uh, you're talking about a pass catching. 37 targets for him already. Third most receptions allowed to running backs have the Eagles, so that's where you can maybe make a little bit of hay because they, they're fourth best against running backs overall in terms of fantasy points per game, but they do give up some yardage in the passing game. So see if you can find some value there. James White for the New England Patriots, splitting time with Deion Lewis, Rex Burkhead, cast of thousands along the way, Gillisley phasing out as Lewis rises. So Lewis, the more popular of the fantasy options for this week. But don't forget about White, looking at the number of catches and still nearly double-digit touches week in, week out. And against San Diego, you're going to want to back off that pass rush, doing everything you can to keep Tom Brady upright. What do you do? Some safety valve screens, some quick outs to James White. Christian McCaffrey at Tampa Bay. We mentioned them a little bit before, Dan. You, you talked about the Bucks and the comparisons to the Raiders. They've got zero pass rush unlike the Raiders that at least have Khalil Mack. Uh, you're averaging nine carries per game over the last month for Cam Newton. So in doing that, at times the offense takes on a little bit more uh, of a, a positive note, which means Christian McCaffrey, as a highly targeted receiver out of the backfield, gets a nod. Certainly in PPR leagues, he's become a beast. But for standard purposes, here's an opportunity for he and Cam Newton to make some hay. Uh, Newton looking at a Tampa Bay team that's allowed quarterbacks to finish inside the top 10 four of their last five games. And then we look at Chris Thompson against Dallas. Nine receptions the last two weeks, double-digit touches, three of the last four touchdowns, four of six games. Look for an opportunity here in a game that should open up. This is the spotlight game on Fox ahead of World Series Game 5, over-under sitting at 50. So grab your popcorn, start them, get them in. Uh, Vernon Davis, a nice sneaky back end, tight end play. And it was good to see Jordan Reed do something positive into your score sheet and your box scores a week ago while he was sitting on your bench. Cold sores for week eight in the National Football League. The guys you don't want to touch, don't want anything to do with, you don't want to see. Ugh. Yes. Ugh. Ugh. Cold sores. I like that. Good sound effects. Make sure we pull that. Deshaun Watson, all the questions of this team and where they're at mentally after guys took a, a day off after Bob McNair's comments, and you're looking at a Seattle defense that was a daunting task to begin with. Only two quarterbacks finishing inside the top 20 for fantasy scoring purposes this year against Seattle. Watson a bit higher than that, making plays with his legs, extending plays, but still not expecting fantasy excellence anywhere near to what you've gotten thus far. Tyreek Hill against Denver. All wide receivers finished with fewer than 65 yards to date, sure, you can get the big opportunities and the big plays are still there. He's going to catch four or more passes, why he does each and every week. But you've got four duds against three big monster performances for him against this Denver secondary. Don't like my odds. C.J. Anderson going the other way. you got three-way split of touches. you got a bad offensive line. You've got three games where he's finished with fewer than 50 rushing yards. The return to form has not been there. T.Y. Hilton, why? Because... Well, you got to make sure you get one right, Dan. Uh, two two massive games this year came against the 49ers and against Cleveland. Otherwise, fewer than 60 receiving yards mm. as other five starts. That only touchdown of the year came in those two. 
games as well. So you're not getting much production from him. Bust play once again. And then two quarterbacks to finish things off. One a cautionary tale, one an outright sit. Stafford against Pittsburgh, the second, tied for second in sacks with 24. Third best against opposing quarterbacks. You're only scoring 10 fantasy points per game. May have Golden Tate. That should help things a little bit. But Marvin Jones not able to lead. Ebron not picking up the pace either. And look for Pittsburgh to get after Stafford a bunch. Finally, the cautionary tale, Drew Brees. He's at home. You look at the stats. He's got four multi-touchdown games. What are you talking about, Harmon? I'm saying you're sliding down to the back end of those QB1 rankings. The Bears, just two quarterbacks have finished inside the top 16 against them this year, opportunistic in the secondary, and a pass rush that is rising each and every week. He's Mike Carmen. I'm Dan Byer, and it's time for our first clue of Mike Carmen's mystery man for Week 8, a guy that you want to get into your lineup that we will reveal coming up in about 30 minutes. The first clue is? Uh, I'm going to give you two because the first one I All just right. like. He shares my birthday. Okay. No, he's not as old as me, but uh, celebrated his birthday recently. And how about this? Coming into today's game where he is expected to shine and become a big-time performer, he has averaged 6.7 touches and 6.6 yards per touch per game. All right, there it is. Shares Harmon's birthday and averaging 6.7 touches. And what's the other number? 6.7 touches per game, 6.6 yards per touch. He's Mike Harmon. I'm Dan Pirate. It is Fox Football Fantasy. We are going to play the feud like we do every single weekend. And now there's another NFL pregame show that has stolen our idea. Listen, there's only one person, one group that can steal someone else's idea. We stole it from Family Feud. These guys now stealing it from us. How about that? It's what you live with here on Fox Football Fantasy. He is Mike Harmon. I'm Dan Byer, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. And coming up next, one NFL team's running game has been MIA all season long, but they could find it today. We'll tell you who that is next here on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Football Fantasy here on Fox Sports Radio. If you never had a dentist appointment on a Sunday, uh, Browns-Vikings is doing its part to make it as painful. 6-3 in the second quarter. Browns with the lead. A touchdown from Isaiah Crowell. They missed the extra point, obviously. The Vikings threw in a field goal. It is Fox Football Fantasy. He's Mike Carmen, and I'm Dan Beyer. So far, not the explosive nature from this Minnesota offense, as you'd hope. Some early receptions from Stephon Diggs, so at least running his routes and and getting into the mix as opposed to just being a decoy. So those that had the guts to start him being rewarded, at least from the PPR perspective, but still waiting for the big play to occur as we sit here. Fox Football Fantasy brought to you by Geico. Great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on car insurance. One thing definitely better than what we're seeing right now at Twickenham Stadium in London is Mike Harmon's greatest hits, where it was one week ago Mike Harmon brought you these dandies. Tyrod Taylor going up against Tampa Bay. Three straight top ten performances by opposing quarterbacks. On third and three, plants his right foot. Fighters, he got a man wide open. Logan Thomas in the end zone, makes the catch. Touchdown! Touchdown, Logan Thomas, 22 yards from Tyrod Taylor. Jarvis Landry against the Jets, 
Still waiting for the explosion in terms of yardage, but the volume is there. No Devontae Parker. Double-digit targets in every game that Parker is in there. Look for more of that from Landry. Back to pass. Cutler. Downfield. Back in the end zone. Landry. Touchdown. Let's get to the cold sores of week seven of the National Football League. Guys, you want to stay away from. You don't want to see. You don't want to touch. You want nothing to do with. It's Cam Newton against Chicago. Four out of six opponents of the Bears have finished 18th or worse in fantasy scoring. Back to throw the slit. Busted up in the air by Amukamara and intercepted by the Bears. Eddie Jackson's got the 40 of the Panthers, and he's going to go again. It is a touchdown. Touchdown, Bears. Mike Harmon's greatest hits from week seven. And what you didn't know, Mike Harmon, is this is a double disc. Not only if you purchase Mike Harmon's greatest hits, you will also get Dan Byer's worst hits. Jay Ajayi will score a touchdown this week. I am calling it right now. Jay Ajayi will score for the Miami Dolphins. He hasn't yet this season, but he will today against the New York Jets. Not only did I get it wrong for week seven, I also got it wrong for week eight. So when I said this week, there were actually two times Jay Ajayi could have scored in a football game, and he failed to do so. So if you purchase Mike Harmon's greatest hits, which you should week in and week out, you're going to get that bonus buy as well. Buddy, I I have so many uh, dart throws that went <laughs> the other way on me. It's uh, it's funny how well you can call something for fifty eight minutes, and all it takes is one play, one slip I, of a cornerback, one errant pass that gets deflected, and and away you go. I knew I was in trouble in the first quarter of that Jets Dolphins game when Ajayi was knocked out in the Dolphins had it first and goal at the four. And then you got a touchdown pass to Jarvis Landry. I said, there was the shot. That That's all we had. Hey, let's take a shot on the full lines. 877-99 on Fox. That's 877-996-6369. As there is a lineup dilemma in Alabama, and the one and the only B.A. has it. Morning, B.A. Yes, <laughs> mi hermanos. What's up, brother? How are you? I love that music. Ah, it's so beautiful. <laughs> hey. Where am I at? Okay, where am I at? Hi. <laughs> um, it's amazing. Okay, it's, look, a, it's a bye yeah, week. It's all lot, good. Sir? It, it's a bye week. It's all good. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, there's uh, yeah, Swiss cheese-like holes in everybody's lineup, I'm sure. But uh, I got I got five, if uh, if you can rank them. You know, Let's how get that, it. you know how it works. Yes, sir. All right. With Cigarette Blunt, Jermaine Man Curse. Wendell Smallwood Shed, uh, Christian Soldier McCaffrey, and John Doxon Dog. Hey, and also, before I hang up with you, uh, Richard Dreyfus is 70 years old, and Winona Ryder, one of my greatest crushes of all time, is 47 years old today, and she was actually born in a town called Winona, Minnesota, so I guess that's where she got her name. Anyway, love your show. I'll talk to you next week. Rolls out America. Be good, BA brother. In Alabama, and I was talking about the Crimson Tide's bye this past week. But, yeah, six teams on bye this week well, in the NFL. He, well, hey, it's he, all good. he tied it all together yeah. as we go through. All right, let's 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 run through them. Uh, we'll take uh, Christian McCaffrey, one. LeGarrette Blunt number two. Uh, Smallwood's going to be number three. Number four is going to be Curse. Number five, Dotson. That's that's it. I, I can't trust any individual member of the Washington receiving corps outside of their tight ends. At this juncture. You like Christian McCaffrey this week as a play against the Buccaneers. When you have got 
Tampa and Carolina have not gotten the run game going. And Carolina specifically, Jonathan Stewart and Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey has been the safety valve for Cam in terms of the running game. That's how they're running the ball now, just dump-offs with Christian McCaffrey, which has added to his value. I think that Carolina is actually able to run the ball today as they travel to uh, Tampa to take on those Bucs. Yeah, I think the the numbers finally work in their favor. You're looking at the Buccaneers' defense against running backs, giving up nearly 19.5 fantasy points per game, five rushing touchdowns. 36 receptions on 47 targets. So that's where McCaffrey will see some volume most most definitely. Stewart's still part of it. Artist Payne will work in a little bit. But I think this is one where McCaffrey gets to have a highlight reel uh, that for him, right? We've seen a couple of big plays, and certainly the volume's been there in terms of receptions and targets, but we haven't had the, the big breakout. Just yet. I I think it happens today. Dallas had their big breakout last week, really, with their victory over the San Francisco 49ers. Ezekiel Elliott, a monster game, and now they go up against the Washington team. The good news, Josh Norman looks to be back, matching up against Des Bryant today, if you're a Redskins fan. Their offensive line is really, really hurting. Trent Williams dinged up. Not going to play today. 80% 80% of their offensive line missing practice time this week because of injuries. And then when you even flip on the other side with Dallas coming in, having that great game against San Francisco, not a lot going right for the Redskins. I think that Dallas has an opportunity to continue this momentum today against Washington. And certainly a game that they're expecting points. You mentioned the offensive line woes for Washington. Uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about Jock Peterson trying giving a, a little bit of love, the homage to Kirk Cousins with the, <laughs> you like that, after launching a home run in World Series uh, Game 4. But when we, we look at Cousins, you're going up against a Dallas secondary that will give up chunk yardage. It's just a question of where you're going to find it uh, in, the, in the offense. Or the Cowboys finally got Ezekiel Elliott off. I mean, that's been waiting for one of those explosive games. All the talk about he's out of shape, he's distracted, everything else. As he goes... That offense starts to flow, right? Dak Prescott has had some fantastic big time fantasy games, but watching the Dallas offense at times, it's been clunky to say to put it kindly. Finally it looked like they turned the corner and they've got an opportunity here to to do it again. You're looking at Washington giving up almost seven and a half yards per pass attempt, four yards per carry, already ten passing touchdowns, opportunity here for Dak Prescott to move the ball and and get the the balance established and get Dallas back towards at least challenging the Eagles atop the East. You mentioned rain a couple of times in games. This is another game where it could have yeah. some wet stuff to affect it. Again, a 425 Eastern time start on Fox. We hope there's more points than what we've got with the Browns and Vikings <laughs> as we bring in Isaac Lowen. Although, I shouldn't say that because if you're a Browns fan, you're pretty happy with the proceedings going on right now in London. Good morning, Isaac. What is the latest from Twickenham Stadium? Well, the latest can be summed up like this. Not exactly the best advertisement for American football over there, but nonetheless, there is a small pocket, as you say, of people, Dan, that are happy with what's going on right now at Twickenham Stadium. Fans of the currently 0-7 Cleveland Browns, who have a 6-3 lead over the Minnesota Vikings with 6 to play in the first half. Minnesota received the opening kickoff, and on the first possession of the game, Case Keenum was intercepted by Joe Schobert of Cleveland, and it led to this two plays later. First and 10 on a quick count. They give the ball cross. 
Crowell. He's left side. He's into the secondary. 15, 10, 5, touchdown, Isaiah Crowell. Quick play, handed the ball. Crowell took a step right, and then the middle was wide open. Jim Donovan the call on WKNR. However, the extra point was missed off the right upright because Browns. Later, Kai <laughs> Farbath of Minnesota. <laughs> Got to be honest. We'll kick a 35-yard field goal to get the Vikings on the board again. 6-3 to three, Cleveland over Minnesota. 6 to play in the second quarter over there in London. The Vikings presently looking at a first and 10 from their 39-yard line. In attendance today, NFL commissioner for the moment. Roger Goodell, because back home, Chris Mortensen and Adam Schefter reported this morning that Cowboys owner Jerry Jones is among a group of 17 NFL owners who are trying to delay Goodell's pending contract extension. 24 votes by owners, that would be a three-quarters vote, would be needed to oust Goodell from office. And finally, in Game 4 of the World Series last night, the Dodgers and the Astros were tied at 1 in the top of the ninth inning in Houston. First and second, nobody out, the 1-0. Bellinger lines, one into left center field for a base hit. Seager rounding third. He will score. Turner will hold at third. Bellinger with a double, and the Dodgers take a 2-1 lead. Charlie Stott of the call at AM570 LA Sports. Jock Peterson would then add a three-run homer. All told, a five-run ninth inning for the Dodgers at a 6-2 victory, tying the series at two. They'll have Clayton Kershaw going tonight in Game 5, Dan and Michael. Thank you very much, Isaac. It's a live ball! <laughs> it is a... No. <laughs> ball! 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 Remember, we can't do play-by-play. Okay? Ah. We can't do play-by-play. Well, that's let's, why I was delayed, yeah, Dan. Let's hey, g- hey, Goodell's got bigger problems than dealing with uh, <laughs> with me doing that. <laughs> I don't know who said that. Maybe it was a mystery man. Ooh, we need our final mystery man clue before we reveal in a matter of minutes. Our mystery man for Week 8, Mike Harmon, a guy that you got to get in your lineup this week. The first clues were he shares your birthday and is averaging 6.7 touches per game, and when he touches the ball, 6.6 yards per touch. Ready? I went to the same college as a legendary quarterback who had a signature performance against my team. Against your team. Okay. All right. There it is. Against your team, and your team would be Go ahead. North, Northwestern, right? Is that no, no, or, no, no, what? No, no, no. no. Oh. Like, not my team. Oh, not. The team that he's playing. I'm speaking on behalf of the mystery man. Okay. So I am confused. Okay. So the let me, mystery man. Let me pause man. it down. Okay. T- take it down for a second. Everybody take are a sip Are you guys following this, Sam? Are you following this? Ready? Sam's on no sleep. Maybe I'm the one. Sam needs to take a nap. <laughs> Same college as a legendary quarterback who one of his signature performances came against my NFL team. Okay. The team that the mystery man is on. Okay. My team. And he went to the same college. Yeah. All right. We'll reveal that mystery man. I'm sorry. I thought you meant like mine as in yours. Which would mean Northwestern and the Bears and get you all confused. That's where I thought you were going with this. But the mystery man we will reveal in 10 minutes. The New England Patriots welcome the Los Angeles Chargers to Foxborough today in a game that the Patriots are a touchdown favorite. This is a game where people are starting to salivate, saying, wow, the Patriots defense giving up all of those points. The Chargers are really turning it on. I don't see it, Mike Carmen. I've got a real issue. I think New England made a statement last week with the game against the Falcons. I know that the Falcons have issues, and I think they're going to have issues today against the Jets. But I think that the Patriots at least getting on the right track and, and playing better defense that we've seen in the past. 
And I know the Chargers have the pieces, and there were a lot of close games, but there is – they had three drives last week. They only had three drives in their 21 nothing win over the Broncos that were more than 20 yards. So they they scored twice, and they got the touchdown on the Benjamin punt return. Right. But that was it. Otherwise, it was a lot of punting going on at StubHub Center. I'm not yet buying the Chargers going into New England and surprising or coming close to that number. I'm big on the Patriots today. Yeah, I think one of the, the big keys here is how well the New England offensive line holds up against that pass rush. I think that's what, when we're starting to look at the over-under total, creeping towards 49 in a lot of places, and when you're looking at maybe a little bit of downward pressure of the point spread, which is sitting between 7 and 8 all week, that you, you, you're looking at the pass rush perhaps having a little bit of a push there, uh, no pun intended, to to making the, the Chargers uh, a more viable foe here on the road. We always talk about West Coast teams traveling east, the early game. Mm-hmm. We've already seen on our flagship here in Los Angeles, AM570, LA Sports, the notes for the Chargers pregame show. And my producer in the evening, Justin Frostberg, uh, the show I do with Jason Smith during the week, He's uh, working and producing that, and I know he was complaining about being up really early in the morning, so I, Justin, uh, beat it. But (laughs) I think that translates to teams as well, and historically we've certainly seen statistics to support it. For the Chargers, Gordon's hurt. You haven't really established much of a receiving core behind Keenan Allen, Mm -hmm. who's not been the beast of years past but still formidable. Hunter Henry has had a couple of good games in a row, finally turning it on. Antonio Gates in the fade. But trying to find the consistency of the offense for the Chargers is still a question. And we have to wonder if the Patriots, in what they did to the Falcons, didn't start to turn the corner in terms of their ability to communicate on defense, which Mm -hmm. they were pointing and grasping straws for the first six weeks. I know there's big numbers out there that we see, and this is one that you can tell, wow, that's a a lot of points with the Chargers. I just love what New England did last week. I think it was a statement win on a Sunday night game, and I just there's just something about the Chargers. And they've they've played close games. They've got great wins against Mm -hmm. the Broncos, as we mentioned. They shut out Denver. They had the great win in Oakland, but a team that I also don't necessarily believe in, and the Giants are awful. So, So when you look at those wins, I, I just – it's tough to sell me. The thing that sells me the most, to be perfectly honest, is they played Philly pretty well. That That's what sells me th- sure. the most on it, and the Chiefs game was was somewhat competitive. The Vikings are in the end zone. Adam Thielen, his first touchdown of the year on a pass from Case Keenum. The Vikings are now up on the Browns by a count of 9-6, to six, our second missed extra point of the game. How about that? So Well, it keeps it a one-score game, and, and all they need is a field goal. When we talk about the Cleveland Browns, perhaps – well, no, you missed an extra point. Go what figure. What talking about? You go to London and you can't kick. You're playing on a soccer pitch and you can't kick. Way really to go. Really disappointing the masses as we go. Phillip Rivers, though, still a top 10 play for this week just by sheer volume. I believe he gets to his point totals. But when we look at New England, you're looking at Deion Lewis. You're looking at James White out of the backfield, slowing down the pass rush, and then the usual suspects getting it done, Cooks and Hogan in the passing game. Gronkowski, number two this week in fantasy ranks behind the aforementioned 
Zach Ertz. Smart move, Mike Carmen. Scott Forbes wants to know about tight ends. Austin Hooper or Tyler Croft? Hooper and the Falcons going up against the Jets today. Croft and the Bengals taking on Indianapolis. You know I like yelling, Hooper! Since we heard it was Richard Dreyfuss's birthday. <laughs> only, only appropriate we start uh, that reference. But Tyler Croft gets the nod today going up against the Indianapolis Colts. A great spot for Andy Dalton and this Cincinnati offense. Colts and Bengals, 1 o'clock Eastern time start. Cincinnati right now, fifth best defense in yards per game. So the record may not show it, but the defense is playing better. And with the Colts, they give up big plays all the time. 40-plus, right? It's 40 or 41. 41 passes of 20 yards or more this season for Indianapolis. How about that? Yeah, that's tough to take if you're a Colts fan. He is Mike Harmon. I'm Dan Beyer. This is Fox Football Fantasy. Coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. And I will also say this. The Colts are dinged up on defense. And no matter what you want to say, when a running back like Joe Mixon complains about not getting the ball, Marvin Lewis can say he's immature, he's a rookie. But I think the offensive coaches would say, Okay, maybe it's not just Joe Mixon, but we've got to figure out how to get the ball to all of our running backs and run the ball a little bit more. I think you're going to see more of that with Cincinnati today. Is there about a 10-point favorite against the Colts? Feed the ball running downhill. Joe Mixon, the highest he's been ranked all year. He actually comes in at the back end of the top 10 uh, going into this game against the hapless Colts. Opportunity for perhaps our poster child of the ninja sleeper world, Marlon Mack. Uh, as they need explosive plays, so they got to put the ball in his hands. He's Mike Carmen. I'm Dan Beyer. This is Fox Football Fantasy. And if you think things are bad for the Cleveland Browns who trail in London, well, it's not even close when it comes to the National Football League and what is really bad. We tell you about that next here on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Football Fantasy here on Fox Sports Radio. Cleveland Browns knocking on the door as the Vikings lead in London 9-6 nearing halftime, but the Browns facing a third and goal from inside the Minnesota one-yard line. Isaiah Crowell, a big, uh, it's a pass play, a big reception on a little a little shovel pass from Deshaun Kaiser as the play broke down to set up this scoring opportunity, but a third and goal for the Browns coming up. We'll tell you if they cash in. It's time for us to cash in our mystery man of week eight. He shares Harmon's birthday. He is averaging 6.7 touches per game, and when he touches the ball, he's getting about six and a half yards. He also went to the same college as a guy who had a huge game against his current NFL team. Am I saying that correctly? That is Mike correct. Norman? Our mystery man for week eight is Jalen Richard, running back, the Ooh. Oakland Raiders. Attended Southern Miss. Remember Brett Favre, of course, the famous yes. monster performance after the passing of his father. That all makes sense. Yes. So it all comes together. Today, Richard expected to take on a the bulk of the workload for the Oakland rushing attack with Marshawn Lynch suspended after rushing onto the field a week ago. Deshaun Kaiser has cashed in for the Browns, a quarterback sneak. Cleveland is up 12-9. to nine. So far, we are 
0 for 2 on extra points. There you go. Let's see if we can get we'll the hat see. trick. <laughs> we'll and see. also, a lot of people exhaling right there because it was Kaiser scoring and not Isaiah Crowell actually finding Bader. <laughs> <laughs> that would be one Ryan Dennis, our executive producer today on Fox Football Fantasy, who decided to cut Isaiah Crowell. The extra point is good, so the Browns are up by four. Case Keenum's going to have about 40 seconds to deal with in three timeouts for Minnesota to try to close out this first half. There you go. I have another big update for you, a guy who's on the list of potential ninjas or sleepers for this week, Juju Smith-Schuster, who's had his target count rise the last few weeks' involvement in the offense, and Martavis Bryant not being available for this game. They shut him down after all the Instagram and Twitter posts, what have you. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster has has evidently found his bicycle and is wearing cleats to celebrate such. All right. There you go. That's great. Happy ending to a tough week. Oh, you know, we always end this show with a happy ending because we like to get the family together and play the show. Here we go. Fox Football Fantasy. It is the Fox family. Mike Carmen, Ryan Dennis, Sam Kinsley, and Isaac Lohenkron making up that family. Top eight answers on the board, guys. I tried to tease the Browns in their um, inept nature this year at 0-7 of being bad football teams. What I want to know is name the teams with the worst overall winning percentage in the NFL's regular season history. So we're looking for the eight worst teams in the history of the National Football League going all the way back to the 1920s. Top eight answers on the board. Three strikes are there, as is a pass, as we included here on Fox Football Fantasy. Mike Carmen, the eight worst teams in NFL history when it comes to the regular season. You are up first. I got to believe, despite recent successes and first-round playoff flameouts, the Cincinnati Bengals have to be one of the worst eight teams. The Bengals, yes, you're right. They have had great success, a couple of Super Bowl appearances in their history, but there have been a lot of down years. Show me Cincinnati. There you yeah, go. there we go. Bengals, number eight, though, a winning wow. percentage of 457. Let's that? go to our executive producer, Ryan Dennis, today. Top eight answers on the board. One of them revealed worst overall winning percentage in the NFL in history. I'm actually, I think I'm going to go with the New Orleans Saints. All oh, the Saints. Ooh, yeah, the Aints for so go. many years. Tell me he ain't wrong. Yeah, all right, New Orleans Saints sixth, a winning percentage of 444. So they're the sixth, the worst franchise in NFL history. Let's all worth to, multiple billions of dollars, Dan. Let's go to Sam Kinsley, our technical producer. Sam, no strikes, two answers up there, six remaining, including the number one answer. Yes, let's go with the Detroit Lions. Oh, the Lions have been bad. Yeah. Yes, the Lions have yeah. been bad, but how Wayne long Fonts. have they been bad? No. Go back to the 40s and stuff. You have some big yeah. seasons, yes, right? Yes, 50s as well. Let's yeah. go to Isaac Lowenkron. One strike on the board. Pass still available, Isaac. Looking for the worst overall teams in NFL history when it comes to the regular season. Well, when you lose the first 26 games of your franchise's history, <laughs> it sort of pre-qualifies you. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Ah, uh, show me. Does the buck stop here? Hey. Ah, number one answer, a winning percentage. Of 388. Guys, it is, it's not even close. The Buccaneers right now still the worst franchise in NFL history. Back around to Mike Harmon. Fox Football Fantasy brought to you by Geico. Great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com and in 15 minutes you can save 15% or more on car insurance. Sean McVay is a recent 
uh, addition to the staff. I'm going to go with the Rams. Uh, the Rams, they've had some downtimes as of late. Show me Rams. Uh, no. Too much success in that pass. You already, you already gave me the uh before the buzzer. No, because okay. you looked at me like I had three heads. Like, what's wrong with you? Ryan Dennis, there's a pass available, two strikes, but there's five answers left. The worst overall winning percentage in the NFL's history. Well, I think, as they're appropriately known now, is Saxonville. I'm going to go with the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jaguars have stunk ah. for a lot of years. Do they make the board? There you go. Yes. Yeah. There you go. You got to wait for the ding, Harmon. You got to wait for the ding. All right. I just see your excitement as the host. You've got to tell. Let's go to Sam Kinsley. Sam, there is a pass, but there's four answers left. Buccaneers, Jaguars, Saints, and Bengals already on the board. I'm going to guess, uh, despite their immense success to a certain degree in the 90s, I'm going to guess the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills. If it's the Buffalo Bills, the game continues. If not, it is over. Show me the Buffalo Bills. No! Oh, uh, And you guys left the pass on the table. Isaac, we didn't get to you for the second time around, but you want to take a guess at one of the four that are still up there? How about the Chicago, St. Louis, Phoenix, Arizona Cardinals? Yes, they were the Cardinals, number yeah. two. There they were, 426. Guys, the Browns are even not, not on this list. They're actually what? 18th. Yes. Wow. If we go from worst to best, the Cowboys have the best winning percentage of all. The Lions were on the outside looking in. We also missed the Falcons, Texans, and the J-E-T-S Jets! 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 An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge, now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is gonna be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break. And consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. 